Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. So I want to share a, a really short word with you um, from Matthew chapter 18. I'm just going to read from verse 1 to 6. And uh, then we're actually going to have another testimony. So um, <clears throat> if you want to read your own, follow in your own Bible, Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 to 6, I think it should also be up on the screen. It says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Lord, we thank you for your word and we pray, Lord, that you'll encourage us and instruct us and correct us from your word tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus comes and he um, is this teachable moment where the disciples ask, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And uh, Jesus almost, you know, he brings a little child as an object lesson to basically show them that they're asking the wrong question. <laughs> I mean, it's not only the, the problem is not only that they don't know the answer, they're asking the wrong question. And um, he brings this child in, this little child, and, and, and says we must become like children. It's essential that we become like children. Now, if these portions, I mean, we've read it, you know, in the Gospels of, you know, be like little children and humble yourself like little children, etc., etc. So we're sort of used to it. But if it were not in the Bible... You know, it would be quite surprising to us that Jesus would say you must become like children. Probably as surprising as it was in Jesus' day. I mean, in those days, people didn't aspire to become like children. You aspire to grow up <laughs> and become mature and, and no longer be like children. And we actually say to people today still, you know, just grow up, you know. <laughs> and... So it's actually quite surprising that Jesus says that we must become like children. Now, first let me just say, Jesus doesn't say that we must become like children in every way. The, the Bible teaches that there are certain ways in which we must become, um, we must be like children, and other ways that we must be unlike children. And, for instance, Jesus himself says that we must be mature. We mustn't be um, easily deceived. So he says, be innocent as dove, doves, but wise as, as serpents, or, or sly as serpents. So we, we're supposed to be innocent, but we're not um, supposed to, to be foolish. We're supposed to trust, but we're not supposed to be gullible and easily deceived. In other words, we're supposed to be childlike, but we're not supposed to be childish. Okay? We're supposed to be childlike, but we're not supposed to be childish. And um, he says, but he says, there are good ways in which we must emulate children. He says, um, unless you turn and, and, and become like, a, uh, like children, you will, you will never enter the kingdom. In other words, 
In order to get in the kingdom, you must become like a child. How much more, once you're in the kingdom, must you live like a child? So the principle is, the way in is the way on. The way into the kingdom is the way on in the kingdom. In other words, as we enter the kingdom, so should we live in the kingdom. Like little children. Not childish, but childlike. And the same applies to prayer. How, how, does, how do you know someone's a father? Or what makes someone a father? They have children, right? The only way you can become a father is by having children. <laughs> There's no other way to become a father. And how does Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, the Lord's prayer is a prayer that the Lord teaches us to pray from the perspective of children to their father. In other words, in the way that we pray specifically, and I want to focus on that tonight, in the way that we pray specifically, we should be childlike. And we should approach the Lord in childlikeness as we pray. So I just want to look at three characteristics, very simple characteristics of childlikeness. The one is uh, childlike humility. Second one is childlike trust, and the third one is childlike honesty. So let's just, let's just look at those three characteristics. The first one, childlike humility, you know, as we grow up, we tend to start to worry too much about what other people think of us and about making a good impression. We, we, we tend to um, worry too much about what other people think. But, you know, as little children, we should come to God Little children come to you as they are. They don't worry about what you think of them. I, I, whenever I change my, my youngest son, just bring up that, that slide with, with a photo on the first slide. My our youngest son is uh, two years old, Ethan. And every time I change his nappy, I think to myself, my goodness, if someone had to do this to me, <laughs> you know, I'd never even dream of letting someone. And yet my, my, my little two-year-old boy trusts me so much. There he is. Um, and, and he's so unconcerned, you know, he's so humble, and he's so, you know, he's willing to be naked in front of his parents, you know, um, because he trusts us and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's, there's a humility of childlikeness and not worrying what other people think that we lose as time goes on. Now, um, God wants us to come to him in humility, in the, in the humility, a childlike humility of Firstly, not thinking that we know best. Because as we grow older and, and uh, more independent and more mature and we can do more things for ourselves, we start thinking that we don't need anyone else. Or we start worrying that if we ask for something, then people are going to say, well, you know, shouldn't you be able to do this for yourself? What's going on with you? What's wrong with you? Um, what Ethan often, some, uh, often does is, um, you know, he's starting to talk now. But still a lot of, and, he, and he's figured out, you know, chairs. He loves chairs. Because he's figured out that if he can drag a chair somewhere, he can get on the chair and then get on the counter or the table or whatever and get what he wants. But there are still certain places that he, that he, that he cannot reach. So he'll grab me. I can't even hold my hands. He'll grab me by the finger, you know, and he'll drag me by the finger. he say, come, Papa, come. You know, and then he'll drag me you know, up the corridor and into, into the, the guest room. And uh, you know, he'll, he'll, then he'll point at the light and say, switch on, switch on the light, switch on the light. <laughs> and I'll switch on the light. And then he'll take me to the... To, to the rack, and he'll, he'll point up there, usually to my toolbox. And then, then he'll say something that sounds like screwdriver. <laughs> and, you know, little children are dependent, and there are so many things they cannot do for themselves, so they're not afraid to ask for help. And, but as we grow older, we so easily become 
we lose that sense of dependence. It's not like we're not dependent. We're less dependent than children. But, I mean, there's no way we can look at ourselves and think that we're completely independent. There's so much that we cannot do for ourselves. But yet we lose that ability to go and grab our dad's finger and to drag him and say, Dad, I want that. I need help with this. And God wants us to come to him with that humility of knowing that we're dependent and, um, and asking him in prayer. Um, the, the second thing that, uh, you know, is, is childlike faith or trust. You know, as we grow older, we so easily, because of disappointment, being let down, we become skeptical or even cynical. Um, and we, we become cynical about life and we even become cynical about God. And we, we no longer really expect God to answer our prayers. Because maybe we've prayed some prayers that, that we feel haven't been answered. But one of the problems there is that so often we think that we know better than God. We don't trust God that He knows what's best for us. We need to trust God, not only to answer our prayers, but to also not answer certain prayers. In other words, we need to trust God to either give us what we ask for in prayer or what we would have asked for if we knew what He knew. And children, at their best, know that their father knows best, that their father is strong enough to give what is best, and that their father loves them enough to give them what is best. And that's the kind of childlike trust with which we must come to God, knowing that, that He knows what's best for us, that He is able to give what's best for us, and that He loves us enough to give, what, give us what's best for us. You know, so often, I mean, as a parent myself, I know that I have to give my children things that they don't always want. Sometimes I have to make them eat those veggies. And they don't want them. They don't like the veggies, and they don't think veggies right now is what's best for me. You know, I'd rather have pizza or chocolate or ice cream. In fact, I'll have that all the time if it were up to me, you know, up to most children. But, but as a parent, you know that wouldn't be good for them. Sometimes I have to discipline my kids, and, and no kid likes discipline. But I know it's what's best for them. I know if I leave them and I don't discipline them for this bad behavior, it's going to be bad for them on the long run. They're going to be spoiled. Their relationships are, are going to not be good in the future, and they're going to, I'm setting them up for failure by not disciplining them. So even though they don't like the discipline, it's what's best for them. And so often God has to give us what's best for us, but not what's most comfortable to us. And we need to trust Him that He knows best. We need to trust Him, and, and trust Him that, he, that He'll give us what's best for us. I mean, it, it's so easy, I, I, you know, it's so important for us to, re, to, to trust God that He actually loves us. To believe that He actually loves us. One of the biggest turning points in my life was when I decided I'm going to interpret all of life within the love of God. I'm going to interpret all of life. If something bad or uncomfortable or, or, or whatever happens to me, I'm, I'm going to interpret it. I'm going to say, well, I'm not going to say, well, if... God loves me, that wouldn't have happened. I would, I, I'm going to say, I know God loves me, so what does that tell me about what happened? It, 
tells me it was necessary. It tells me that this is God's love working out. I might not understand how or why, but I, I trust God. I'm going to, my starting point is going to be the love of God. And I'm going to interpret everything else within the love of God, within that context. And, and it made such a big difference. And, and that's a kind of childlike faith that God wants us uh, to come to Him with. I always think of this little, you know, very important, very powerful people can often be very difficult to approach or very unapproachable. I always think of this, this little scene in, in the movie Anna and the King. Um, and it's a story about um, Anna, this, the British lady, and um, she's a governess, I think, for, for the children, the many dozens of children of the King of Thailand. And there's this one beautiful scene where the king is sitting in his, whatever, his throne room, you know, on his big throne, and his most trusted advisors are speaking to him, but they're standing, like, very far away from him because you're not allowed to come near the king, you know, to protect him against assassination and so on. So they're standing like, you know, at a respectful distance. And this little, his little four-year-old daughter comes, you know, running in, you know, to the throne room. And she runs up the steps and she runs past the, the advisors and the, and the ministers and all kinds of stuff. And she runs right up to the throne and jumps onto her dad's lap. And it's just that childlike trust of, I mean, think about God. He's the most powerful, most important being there is. But if we have that childlike trust, we can, like that little girl, run up to him. When other people stand at a distance, even important people stand at a distance, we can run straight up to him and jump onto his lap if we trust him, if we trust that he actually wants us to be with him. And he does. He does. So, um, you know, I always think about it this way. Children, have you, have you ever heard children brag about their dads? Sometimes you, you sort of overhear kids, you know, saying, you know, my dad can do this and that. And, no, 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 my, my, that's nothing. My dad can do this. And it's, it's amazing how kids will often exaggerate their dad's abilities, you know, in bragging sessions like that. But what if you had a dad whose abilities you could not exaggerate? What if you had a dad where your worst your most extravagant exaggeration of his abilities actually fell far short of what he's actually able, of doing, able to do. What if, what if you couldn't exaggerate what he... Well, we have a father like that for crying out loud. <laughs> Your greatest thoughts about God fall far short of how great he really is. Your greatest praise and worship of him is a severe underestimation of how powerful he is, how good he is, how merciful he is. You know, and, and in other words, we should have that, that childlike faith in our Father. I mean, we, 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 of all people, we can have that childlike faith that brags about our Father, that childlike trust that says, my dad is the greatest because he really is. <laughs> he really is. And then... Um, and the last thing I just want to share is, is childlike honesty. You know, we, we tend to, as we grow older, we tend to sort of filter um, what, we, what we say and, and what we do and how we present ourselves. And, and in a sense, that's good. I mean, the reality is children, because they are so unfiltered, they often do and say a lot of very inappropriate things. <laughs> so it's, it, there is appropriate behavior. So it's good with... With, with other people to, to sort of, in a sense, not just 
vent or not just blurt out like, like a little child everything you're going to say, but not with God. You see, we are all children of God. It doesn't matter how old you become. You'll always be a child of God. There are no grandparents in the kingdom. There are only children in the kingdom. So when it comes to God, we must always relate with a childlike honesty that just blurts out (laughs) to God the truth. We mustn't come to God with our filters and our measures. And it's so easy to do in a world where we have like Facebook and so on and where you put your carefully manicured and edited version of your life that makes you look really good, you know, um, where you put that up, you know, all your selfie moments, you know, so that everyone else looks at your Facebook and thinks, wow, this person is perfect, you know, I must probably unfriend them because they make me feel guilty about my life and depressed, you know. And it's so easy to let that filter into our our relationships as well. You know, we start editing ourselves and how we present ourselves, our communication and filtering it. And and we're not real with one another. And then it starts filtering into our relationship with God as well. But God wants us to be real. He wants us to be like little children. Have you ever read the Psalms? Have you ever read the Psalms and been shocked at what David and the other writers of the Psalms say to God and the way they say to God? Sometimes you think like, my goodness, you know, isn't this blasphemous? <laughs> you know, are you even allowed to say that? And yet David and them just come and they just vent. They just blurt out whatever's on their heart, how they're feeling. Even if it's wrong, they just, like little children, just blurt it out to God. Just tell. I mean, children are like that. Um, I always laugh because there's this one story I heard that, that's so funny. It was this, this lady, she had a, I think a three or four year old daughter and uh, she was pregnant with the second uh, child and she was getting out of the shower and the little three year old girl came up and said, mommy, you're fat. And she was <laughs> like, you know, I'm, f- you know, I'm quite far pregnant, you know, I'm feeling a bit fragile, you know, I'm feeling a bit, um, you know, but she sort of gritted her teeth and, you know, said, um, no, honey, <laughs> Mommy is not fat. Mommy's, mommy has a baby in her tummy. And she said, I know, Mommy. Uh, or she said, mommy, mommy has a baby growing in her tummy. She said, I know, Mommy, but what's growing in your butt? <laughs> you know, and, and <laughs> children, children are like that. They are brutally honest. And they just blurt out whatever comes into their minds and head. And sometimes it's very inappropriate. Sometimes it's very inappropriate. I mean, I can tell you other stories. Or I won't. I'll spare you. But my point is, God actually wants us to be inappropriately honest with Him in prayer. Let's come to Him and not full. He knows what we're feeling. He knows what we're thinking in any case, as though we're saying it. We might as well say it. He knows what's going on in our hearts, even if we don't mention it. So we can, and we should be honest with Him. In other words, God wants our prayers to be childlike, unfiltered, pre-reflective outbursts to him. Let's not, let's not measure our words and, 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 and try and make a good speech to God to impress him. Let, let's come like little children that don't have a care in the world to try and pre- impress any, you know, God or anyone else. We must come to God, yes, to please him, but not to try and impress him. In other words, prayer is not a polished product we present to God It's a process we share with God. But so often we try and make our prayers these polished, you know, 
gifts and products that we give to God that will be acceptable to him. And, 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 and I just believe God is saying, no, the time for that is over. We must be brutally honest, childlikely honest with him, trusting him and coming in humility to pray to him. I'm just going to ask the red to, to share a quick testimony about that and about um, how, how God has used this in her life. Thanks, Annie. Hello, everyone. Um, I love what Brother Yoon says. He writes in The Heavenly Man. He says, um, the person who suffers most is the person who lives without the intimate presence of the Holy Spirit. The intimate presence. Um, and that was definitely true for me. I prayed often, and I prayed a lot. But my prayer life really lacked intimacy with the Father. Um, and it caused me to feel very hopeless, frustrated, and despondent in prayer very much. Um, and one night I was on the floor, <laughs> very, very depressed, uh, anxious, and insomniac. I haven't slept in like two weeks. And I was at my end, and I said to God, like, I called out to him, and I said to him, Lord, I don't even know what to pray anymore. <laughs> you need to help me here. I'm like, I'm done. I, I, when you f that moment when you feel like your prayers don't work, you really lose all hope for life. And um, in that moment... Um, that moment, I actually was like a baby on the floor. You know when a baby is crying on the floor? The parent stoops down real low to the baby's level and picks the baby up. You know, the Lord meets us in our valleys and he takes us up to his, up to his mountain, you know. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. But in that moment, God said to me, Dorit, you need to become like a child again. You need to become like a child again. And... Um, I said to him, okay, Lord, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? And I said to him, Lord, I don't even know what to pray anymore. And, you know, God had to, like I said, he made me a prayer baby again. He had to teach me how to pray. And he taught me in that moment a one-word prayer. Because how do babies learn to speak? They say one word. So my first prayer word was Abba. And I just prayed that for hours. Abba, 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 Abba. That beautiful Aramaic word that means the Father, Daddy, my first prayer word. Second prayer word he taught me was Jesus. So then I just prayed, Jesus, 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 Jesus. What do babies do? They mumble. <laughs> so what did I do? I sprayed in tongues. Because <laughs> when you don't know what to pray, there's a Father in heaven that makes intercession on your behalf. So I just prayed in tongues. Then he taught me how to pray scripture. Children speak what they hear their, their parents say. So in that moment, God removed all striving from my prayer room by giving me the stuff to pray, the words to pray. And then he showed me, Dorit, you, you see, I like being put together, you know. I like being task-orientated and get the job done. And I came to my prayer room put together. God said to me, no, Dorit, you've got to be like a child. Children are messy. <laughs> Luckily, I'm an occupational therapist at a school for children with physical disabilities and specific learning needs. So I wear my nice clothes on a Sunday because um, during the week, it's really messy. <laughs> um, he said to me, you need to come messy. You need to come real. You need to come unfiltered, raw. You see, there's a weariness, there's a helplessness, there's a brokenness that's a prerequisite for prayer. If you want the Father to stoop down low to you, you need to be broken. <laughs> you know, Psalm 34 says, God is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit, and he delivers those who are discouraged. 
And I realized I was striving in my prayer life. And Psalm 40 says, broken, ugh, burnt offerings and sacrifices I did not require, but a broken and contrite spirit. He just wanted me to be a broken baby in front of him and stretch my arms out to him and cry, Daddy, 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 pick me up. Then I would pray, and it really went like this. I'm not joking. Lord, I repent of being snappy with one of my housemates. Please forgive me, Jesus. Sure, I really need to cut my hair. Sure, I wonder what I'm going to have for dinner. And I really have to get my car washed. And then I'm like, wow, Dorette, you just... You were busy having a conversation with your maker, you know, the one who holds the universe, and you just checked out. You just checked out of intimacy, like, switch off, shut down, gone. And then um, God said to me, Dorette, you work with a lot of children that have ADD, attention deficit disorder. Like, when you're busy in a therapy session and your, your kids get distracted, because those children are very distractible and impulsive, when they get distracted in a therapy session, are you less involved are you less connected? I said, no, God, I just guide them back to the session. And he's like, it's the exact same thing in prayer. If you pray and you get distracted, I just want you to come back to me. I just want you to come back to me. I'm your father. I love your ADD prayers. He said that to me. I love them. I call it ADP, attention deficit praying. It's a real thing. <laughs> Jesus understands and he loves you. You are a child to him. You can be distracted. Just come back to him, you know. Children pray for silly things. They pray for silly things. They pray for everything. Children persevere. You know, Hebrews, uh, yeah, Hebrews 11, it says, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, kids in therapy, they can sometimes, man, can we play on the iPad? Man, can we play on the iPad? They'll go on and on and on for 45 minutes, and eventually I'm like, for the last three minutes, just play on the iPad. <laughs> Have it your way. But children are persistent. And um, these were small changes that God made in my prayer life, really small, childlike changes. And it made all the difference in my intimacy with him. All of a sudden, I started going to my prayer room without an agenda. I couldn't wait to get to my prayer room. I would literally get home from work, and I would run to my room and just start praying. Like even last night, I was telling Leanne this morning, I was up till 4 o'clock this morning just spending time with him, because I just love him. <laughs> I've never had that before. But God had to come and restore childlikeness in my heart. Um, Paul Mann, Manning, I think, writes in pr a prayer-filled life. He writes, we don't pray to need him less. We pray to need him more, you know, because he's all we need. And I think um, oftentimes we can be so ashamed of how much we need him. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, I'm asking for forgiveness again. I'm asking for this again. And God is just saying, no, you are, I am all that you need. Come to me as a child. So, yeah. Wow, eh? Thanks, Dorette. That's amazing. So how do you become like a child? This verse tells us. It says, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like little ch like ch children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless you turn. And um, the interesting thing is when uh, I, I checked there and, and I was like surprised, the word turn there is actually a passive verb. You know what a passive verb is? It's, it's a verb that where you're not doing the action of the verb but where it's being done to you. So I was like... Why is this a passive verb? Then I realized, well, God turns us. 
God is the one that turns us and makes us like little children again. And that's what being born again is all about. It's becoming like little children again. And, and that's where the childlike humility, the childlike trust, the childlike honesty comes from. Um, and um, I love what, what Dorette was saying about Abba. You, you know what? You can check any language in the world. The first word, like Abba is like Dada or Mama, you know. Um, and those are all words. Those first words that, that children say are all words that you can say without teeth. Okay, and if, if, if you think about it, you know, you don't, you don't need teeth to say Dada, Mama, or Abba. Okay? And in other words, it's, 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 you know, God, the name he gives us for himself is a word that we can say even before we have teeth, metaphorically speaking. You know, as we can be little children, as we say it, and that's how he wants to, us to come, you know, Abba Father, Daddy God. Not as spiritual grown-ups, but as spiritual children, humble, trusting him implicitly, vulnerable before him aware of our absolute, complete dependence on Him. And He's the one that turns us into children. So let's stand, and I, I want us to just pray for, for a very short while. I um, want us to just turn to each other in groups of two or three, and I, I want us to, to, to pray for, for the church, and then I'm, I want us to, to pray for the country. I'm just going to give us three or, three or so minutes to pray for the church, but I, I want us to pray that we will become a church that prays like little children. Because I think, and, and I, when I say the church, I mean not just Shofar Joburg or Shofar in general, I mean the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think so much of us as the church, we've lost our ability to just come to God in a childlike way and pray, just as we are. And I want us to just quickly pray for the church. So turn in, in groups of two or three to one another and just pray for the church and say, God, help us to become childlike in our prayers again. And, and then I'll give you further instructions. Yes, Father God, we just come before you in Jesus' name, and we pray, Lord, that you'll help us to, to become childlike again, to, to be turned, Lord, and to become childlike again, Lord, and, and not to worry so much about how we sound um, to other people or to you, Lord God, not even to worry, Lord, primarily about being theologically correct or any of those things, Lord, but, but just to come in, in, in childlike realness and trust, Lord, authenticity to you, Lord, and, and just pour out our hearts to you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to become, as your church, to become like that again. Um, Lord, you, you know it's, it's sometimes so difficult for us in a, in a world where, where there's so much pressure, Lord, to be cool and to be acceptable and to be whatever, Lord God. But we pray, Lord God, that, that we'll experience that safe place with you where we can just really be ourselves. Lord, even if it's broken, even if it's inappropriate, even if it's disappointing, even if it's confusing, that we'll just be able to be ourselves. Help us with that in Jesus' name. Amen. And Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.org.
that fabric. 